Courtney Hinshaw, a third grade teacher from Orange County, California, who loves every picture book. And I believe that every picture book should be in every classroom. Join me to open the magic and learn how books changed my life. On today's episode, I have a very, very special guest. I'm so excited to sit down and talk with my mom, the one who is with me every step of the way, every tier, every bookstore, and every scholastic magazine. I'm so excited for you to get to meet my lovely, lovely mom and hear her perspective of helping a child who is struggling with reading or staying up late, late into the night grading English essays. All right, without further ado, everyone meet my mom and let's open the magic. I am so excited to have this special person on Confetti Moments today. She and I have known each other for a very long time. She's my favorite person. I love her more than anything ever. I'm so excited for you to all get to meet my favorite person, my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. It's just, it's just an honor to have this opportunity to answer your questions. I love it. So fun. So I know a lot about you, but can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes, I would love to. But first, Court, before I get into myself, I just want to tell you how incredibly proud I am of you. You have become the most beautiful, loving, cherishing students, and I am incredibly proud of you. You are mature and you've grown, and I've seen it all these years. I've seen it step by step. You've had many honors, but I will say that just recently, a most pride moment of my life, and I know of yours, is that you were just announced Teacher of the Year at your school. It's just wonderful, Court, and I love you and I'm proud of you. Oh All right, so about I love, me. I love, I love how I asked you to tell me about yourself. And like any parent would do, they turn it and they tell you all the amazing things about their daughter. I had to. I had to to begin with that. So now let's move on and we'll talk about me. I'm a family of four children. I grew up in Denver, Colorado. Both parents were college educated and believed so much in the importance of education. As, As I went through school, we had... You know, we had many talks. In fact, one kind of fun trivia part. My dad loved education, as my mother did, because my mother was also a teacher. But my dad used to make us go to the table at night after having looked into the encyclopedia, if you all can believe, having something to share that we learned. And, of course, we didn't think that was exciting at all. But it stuck with me, and I remember. I graduated from the University of Arizona in the field of secondary education. And later I got my master's in secondary education from Towson State University in Maryland. You know, I always knew I was gonna be a teacher. And it's interesting, another little note for you all is that after I had taught a couple of years, at that time I was teaching French and I took a group of students to Europe. It It was a large group and believe it or not, I met my future husband on the Eiffel Tower. 
Yes, I know. The Eiffel Tower, unbelievable. We were later married, and I knew that we most likely would move all over, which we did. I was in many states teaching because he was in business and was transferred quite often. The rest of those years, I taught English, but first I was fortunate enough to stay home with the girls. And later I went back and I taught high school, mostly again, as I said, English. Now, these students were, you know, from 14 to 18 years old, and they didn't necessarily love reading. Some did, but not all. And so I had to really work with it as much as I loved it. Um, I will say that I stuck with it about 30 years. I've now retired and I have just as busy a life. It's just amazing. I belong to a book club, of course, and I started an antique group that's called, it's an organization called Questers that I love. And I've watched two daughters get married. I have four grandchildren and that gives you a bird's eye view of my life. Pretty special life, Mom. I think okay. so, too. Okay, so now let's kind of get into what we're going to be talking today. As my mom said, she was a high school English teacher for 30 years, but she was also a mom. She was my mom who was there every step of the way of my reading struggle. And so today we're really going to dive into her tips to help you as a parent, if you're listening to this, or as a teacher and you're listening to this, how can you help those struggling readers in your classroom or in your family? But before we get too deep into that, as you all know, I love picture books. And so I wanted to ask my mom a few questions about her reading life and her book life. So the first question that I want to ask her is, why do you think picture books are so important? That's a great question, Courtney. You know, I have several thoughts on this, so I'm just kind of go through them. Uh, picture books light up a child's understanding of life. I mean, they connect with the character. And as a result, then they can see their own life and they can adapt to it and understand the message. They see themselves in the books. I would say that an illustration is as important or maybe more important than the words especially in telling the story. The children connect with what they observe, and I know that that helps them connect to the message and the theme. I would say that picture books are, are building blocks for, for their own literacy background and their future. Just think, they have uh, vocabulary skills, they have creative thinking, and of course it evolves in rich, rich discussions. Most of all, I know in, in working with a picture book, isn't the idea to have fun? I think it's fun. You know, there's a saying that says, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I know that's a cliche, but it's so true. I would say that illustrations are like the glue. It holds the attention of the reader as those children are watching. And I would say that picture books can be used as I know Courtney knows, in all grades, every single grade all the way through. I'll never forget, Mom, You were when you taught high school, you were, my, obviously, you all know my mom taught English, and I think she was working on an adjectives lesson, or I don't know what the lesson was, but she had bought this book called Antics, 
and it was about these ants and every word was about a different adjective that would describe the ant, but using the word A-N-T. And I remember always thinking in my head, when my mom stops teaching, I'm going to get that book. And I would like try to take it before she was done teaching. <laughs> and you'd be like, Courtney, you can't have that. You cannot have that book yet. But I, I don't think I have it now. I think it's at, I think it's downstairs. Your house. That's a really Could good be. book. I think I should. I remember get that. that. I remember that so well, Courtney. And actually, I was teaching um, parts of speech. And remember that I had all those books about adverbs, nouns, adjectives. Yes, the Ruth Keller books. Yeah, absolutely. And you love them. And I love them. And my students love them, even though they were in high school. Right. And those books are now in my library in my classroom. So that's absolutely. Really okay. So what were you like as a reader? I find it very interesting. The more um, authors that I speak to or teachers who are so strong in promoting literacy and promoting the love of literacy all kind of had a background of struggle. And I want to see where do you fit in in the pendulum with your reading story? That's a great question as well. You have great questions, Courtney. Well, I love to read. I absolutely did love to read. It, it was more of my strength. Reading was my strength and also language. I wasn't as strong in math or science, but I loved to read. Now, I don't, I don't remember exactly when reading took off for me. I just, I can't honestly tell you. But I remember glimpses of reading. Uh, I remember, for example, I love nursery rhymes. I love learning about people, like in fiction books. And then, of, co of course, because I'm an English and French teacher, or major at least, I read lots of books, lots and lots of books. When I was young, a, a memory sticks out that I was, and I've told the girls this, but I was at a party, a birthday party, and the parent giving the party gave every child a, a gift. All right, so when I opened my gift and I noticed another friend wasn't especially excited about her gift. So I asked if we could trade. And of course, the book was Heidi. I remember flopping across my bed, just glimpses of memory, reading that book and just reading and turning the pages. And I love the story. It was such a classic to me. I can imagine that I'm going to be the parent that gives out picture books as party gifts. <laughs> but I, I was so happy to get it. And the, the people that, uh, that had the birthday party, I know they, they were excited that I was happy. So I also remember that my parents bought us, they bought all four of us. I had two brothers and a sister. And they bought us this set of books that were biographies of famous people. Ooh. And I remember... And I know this may sound funny, but I just kind of tore through those books. I remember reading Abe Lincoln, Ben Franklin, you know, Thomas Edison, Helen Keller. Let's see. Uh, Ruth Frank and Frank. I'm sorry. Uh, but I love that. And I also remember I remember the, all the golden books. This was probably when I was younger, but. You know, some of these stories just still stick with me. Like, you probably laugh at this, but how about Howdy Doody? How about um, Old Yeller? Uh, Little Red Hen? <laughs> Peter and the Wolf? Saggy Baggy Elephant? I mean, I love those. But one especially that I remember having being read to me over and over was Little Engine That Could. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but this was published in 1930. And it taught the message of having the value of having optimism, 
and hard work. And of course, isn't that what we're teaching? All right, we are teaching. A, Go ahead. It's a great one to bring out now with grit and growth mindset. Like if you think you can, you're halfway there. There's an, um, a quote that I have in my classroom and I, I think it's Teddy Roosevelt and it might not be. So it's something about when you think you can, you're halfway there. So absolutely quote. Absolutely. And then I also have to tell you my two favorite illustrators. One was Eloise Wilkin. I mean, sure. Her pictures were so precious. If you ever want to go back and look up some of her books, they were adorable. And also Tasha Tudor. I loved looking at all of her illustrations. I could go on and on, but that gives you an idea. It's a great idea. I knew some of that, but not all of that. Okay. So now we're going to dive deep into the how and the why. So listeners, I really want you to take some time right now, grab a cup of coffee if you drink coffee, and let my mom help you if you are a parent, just like I don't know. So what advice, mom, can you give parents on how to help their struggling reader? That's, um, that's probably one of the best questions, Courtney. And any advice that I give, I just want to say nothing is probably new to all of you listeners, but I think just hearing it again and again helps. It helps you realize you're not alone. All right. So this question is very near and dear to me because being Courtney's mom, I know that she was diagnosed, I think in about third grade as a moderately dyslexic reader. And she also had an auditory processing disorder. Yet, through all this, she was such an outstanding burst of light. You know, when she, was, when she was little, we used to call her Sunshine Bear. Remember the Care Bears? Well, we called her Sunshine Bear. And that actually um, was something that, that was a part of her always. Yet, she struggled. And she struggled for years and years growing up through the elementary and middle school and some of the high school years. So as her mother, as you can imagine, I lived with it. I lived it with her. And I will now give you some of what, some of my own personal advice. I would say, first of all, to yes, get the child tested. Even though you might not want to, get, get the child tested so you know what the exact problem is. Be a calm parent as you work with this child through the school slash teacher slash resource teacher have enormous patience try your best please don't blame the school but persist in getting help that's so important just keep at it um talk to your child tell your child that this could just be a situation that takes more time it's like i told courtney it's not that you can't do it you just need more time and more practice, maybe than some of the other children. Remind them constantly of your love. Read to your child. Take the child to the library. Let them pick out books. Read them. And then discuss. Some of the best discussions, best moments are with your child, cuddled up in bed, reading the story and discussing it. Maybe let them have a child's cookbook. And you go through the recipe together and let them cook something. Um, stay with this child through the years of homework. And believe me, I understand countless days of 
years and months of homework, but be right there. If your child gets a, a name messed up with reading or writing, you know, let it go. Just let it go. It doesn't matter. Now, if the situation arises that you need to gently correct, do so. But let some of it go. In 50 years, who cares? If your finances can support it, I would say get outside tutoring. You know, I was an English teacher, but even, even working with Courtney sometimes, it was best for us to get some outside help. Again, all through this, keep constantly encouraging your child. If so, let them be upset. Let them, let them go to bed and let them cry. Cry it out. The next day is always better. Get to your table, have a, have a big bowl of popcorn. Get a, a, an apple with some cheese and a cut funny face. Um, go to movies, discuss the movies, and then maybe read the child's book of that movie, like Cinderella. Constantly be looking at words. Um, I would tell you this is also something that's, that could really help. When Courtney was young, um, we had a, 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 a little book. And every time the new word would come up, we'd write it in this book alphabetically. And I'm telling you, she cherishes that book. She cherishes it. And we would go back to it and look at it. And if she was writing something, we'd go find that word. And so she could spell it and read it. I think that was uh, really one of my best, best thoughts and ideas. Um, you know, have structure in the space that you work. Be organized. Don't, don't have it cluttered. And you know that this is going to be small steps, small steps of success along the way. Have a reward, maybe a night out with mom or maybe dad. Um, we had in our family a special red plate that if there was a successful test or, or something, the discussion was rich or the smile came about with what Courtney calls confetti moments. I didn't know that term then, but we would put a red plate at his or her um, place. And that was so helpful. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take years of practice. And I would also, whatever your faith is, hold to it. Just keep holding to it. Don't necessarily expect overnight, but be invested in that child. Um, I'm not saying that I was never frustrated or upset, maybe sometimes angry a little bit, but you know, there's always another day. And you get up smiling and again, another cliche, but the sun will come out tomorrow and just keep knowing that it will get better. It will get better. And so that, that would be my top pieces of advice. I would like to add one that I know we did so much growing up was going to the library and then also going to our local children's bookshop, which uh, I grew up in Danville, California. And it was called Rake Straw Books. And I literally can picture myself sitting on the floor where there was like a book carol, like right by me. And I would always get stone soup, stone soup out or different ones and sit on the floor and just read and read and read. And I just love that memory that my mom embedded in our lives. And we all did it. And then like growing up, we would, during the summer, we would uh, run the what were they called the library book um with national charity league yes the little book what was it the book um 
I can't think of the name, like the summer reading challenge, summer right. reading challenge. And we exactly. would do all the stamps and I just loved it. So those are some great memories that I wanted to add to your That's... lovely memory. Oh, absolutely, Courtney. And, and also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but every year growing up, and because we, remember, we moved a lot. So I would find the local library story hour. And that was always a treat because we would bundle up in the car. We lived in many snowy areas, not always sunny California. And I would take the girls to the, the weekly story hour. And that was, that was wonderful memory. But I'm pretty sure I was the only one that loved it the most. <laughs> Maybe. Shannon probably comes in second. Tiffany, well, you know, she was the athlete in the family. Maybe she took a nap. Probably. So with that, as you introduced yourself at the beginning, my mom was a high school English teacher for most of my life. She went back when I was in the third grade. She took a little bit of time off to raise the girls and I, but I went back in, I think, third grade. Right, mom? It was something like that. Yes, Courtney. Okay. So she wasn't... And I want to know, listeners want to know, what did you do as a high school teacher to build that love of reading? Because as we know, educators, even in high school, there are kids who still struggle with reading. There are kids who still, when they get to high school, don't know different, you know, simple main idea. And they have to read these long books like, uh, oh my gosh, like uh, Tale of Two Cities, Tale of Two Cities or Macbeth or of um, mice and men of mice and men or great death of a salesman all those <laughs> and for kids who don't like to read sorry mom but those are probably not going to get them to love reading they might but what did you do to build the love of reading in your classroom okay i can hardly wait to answer that well first of all everyone i love teaching i loved it i loved it as much as my daughter courtney loves it um I had, the, I, I had the opportunity to teach in several states. I won't take the time now to tell every place, but I always got to see that high school students were the same, no matter where. And remember, as I've already said, these are, these are children still. They're between 14 and 18 years of age. I'm gonna talk about, again, how I how I help my students in high school with this reading. Um, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that they're 14 to 18 years old, and some of them did love reading, but others disliked with an exclamation mark reading. So I will tell you that it wasn't easy. However, you know everyone has a niche, and I will say that my niche was teaching high school, and. Even in high school, you must build rapport with these kids. You have to have fun. You have to laugh. You have to laugh at their silly jokes. You have to laugh when you make a mistake. And believe me, teaching high school, oh, sure. I made mistakes, but I always owned up to it. And then half the time we would laugh. Now, how did I get them to love reading? Well, yes, I taught the standards. I had to. I was teaching high school English. And I will also tell you that I taught 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade over my 30-some years. Last years, though, that I taught, I did 9th graders, 11th graders, and I taught AP literature, which required some heavy-duty teaching. How did I help them? Well, 
one way that I helped them was that I would tell them that the moment they got stuck, I wanted them to mark down the exact page and the exact chapter and bring it with them the next day. And we would delve into that. And I would help them know how to decode and how to think about what was going on and, and how to connect words with nuances and with the title maybe. And we did that almost daily, definitely weekly. Um, I will say that many of my projects help them love what we were reading. Because if you're a high school teacher and you just assign another chapter, another chapter, and then you have another essay, and then they get it back without any comments, that would be terribly destructive. So when I handed back essays and I told them, I read every word. So don't give me fluff because I will read every word. But in return, I would tell them what they did and how to help them get better. And sometimes I would allow them to come in, talk to me, change their problems, and I would raise their grade. And that, that was a huge hit. I used to get parent letters about that. Now, what did we do for some fun? Well, for ninth grade, one project that comes to mind, I taught To Kill a Mockingbird. That was one of my favorite novels. And I had them look at their, all the buildings in the novel, and then they had to create that building. And I'm telling you, that was phenomenal. I still have the courthouse, if you remember, where Atticus gave his trial. And I still uh, have Miss Maudie's house that was on fire. Uh, some of the students did Boo Radley. Some of the students did Tom Robinson. And that was really a fun. So we had all these models of these homes all over the room. And then another one with teaching American literature. Uh, I, I had the students create a Foxfire book, which is like an old Appalachian um, uh, trend and model to talk about your heritage and your culture. And so they answered questions apparent to their life right now and wrote stories and gave pictures and they bound it up and turned those in and they loved that. Another one on Tale of Two Cities, that's sophomores. You remember the best of times and the worst of times? Okay, I had them write a poem about maybe their first year at, at the high school where I taught. Like, it was the best of times when, and it was the worst of times when. Uh, they loved that because they were so creative. And then and I will tell you the last project of my AP literature of their senior year. And I think I did this for seven years. Okay, the last project was for them to create a cake, to make a cake, not store-bought, but to make a cake symbolizing one of the novels that they had read during high school, it had to be during high school, through any of the novels that were assigned. And I'm telling you, that was such a hit. They would come in at the beginning of the year and say, Mrs. Hinshaw, are we going to do the cake project? And I would say, yes, we are. And so instead of an essay, they made these cakes. Okay, I had to get the racks in the library to stack these cakes like we were a bakery. And I had teachers coming in, they wanted to taste the cakes. So on, in closing on this question, let me give you a few examples. Uh, one of them was of all the pretty horses. They had horses, barns, gates, 
all around the top of the cake. Another one was scarlet letter. Well, you know, on the top of that cake was a huge red R um, or a huge red A for adulteress, of course. And on another one, Huck Finn, there was the river with the boat. Uh, another one that comes to mind, which is so precious. Remember Hamlet? Okay, they made a cake, or some of them did. Like I had two classes of AP Lit. And some of them made a cake of Ophelia and had flowers all over the top of the cake. So as you can imagine, this was fun. And they had to get up and tell about the theme, the symbols, the plot. And there you have it. Love of reading. That's great. Now, you did such a good job doing that at school. And you did such a great job raising us three girls. How did you spread magic in the home with us raising three girls who are all very different, but come from the same upbringing. Isn't that the truth? How can you raise three children and have them look like cookie cutters when they're little, but be so different and yet also special? I mean, it's a mystery to me. Mom, it's okay. You can announce that I'm your favorite. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, dear Courtney. Oh, yes. You're one of my three favorites. Okay. So I, we loved reading and my husband and I both read his, his reading was more, I will have to be honest, the wall street journal, um, the newspaper, the articles online. Uh, he wasn't so much of a book reader. I have to admit that. But on the other hand, I was a book reader. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen dad read a book. No, no, absolutely. All right. So we had lots of books in the house. We, we truly did. And again, We've already had, we've already mentioned that we had weekly trips to the library. The girls got to choose the ones they wanted. Uh, great discussions. Uh, I, I, Courtney's already mentioned this, but yes, when Courtney was little, we went to Rake Straw Bookstore. And when the girls were growing up, um, oh, I know, we would go and I would always let them buy Scholastic books because the Scholastic Book Fair has been in operation, I think, since maybe since the beginning of time. But that was fun. And they got to bring them home. And I think they cherished them. I think they did. Even Shannon did. and Tiffany. And then, of course, when something special happened, again, I would pull out the red plate that said, you are very special today. We would go to Which... movies. And then let's just say it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, then I would pull out the, bi- the picture book and we'd read the book and then talk about the movie. And those times were so special. And yes, it came and went very fast. I will have to admit to all of you moms out there, like my mom used to tell me, enjoy every minute. It's, it goes and each chapter changes, but I will say it gets better. Now, I also have to tell you this, that even though I, I cherish the idea of reading for the girls growing up, I also cherish the idea of reading for grandchildren. So I will tell you a, a, uh, something that I started, and I began this even before we had the grandchildren. Every year at Christmas, I would buy a book, and I would say, for my future grandchildren, and then love Grammy, and then keep it in the house. And ever since then, I've been adding a book every single year. And I think it's really special because someday they'll all get to take them. At any yeah, rate, what book did you get this year? I got another fancy Nancy book, but I'm going to have to have you look at it when you come over. 
Okay. Um, I just want to let my listeners know about the Red Plate. There is a website called... Um, the Red Plate Company. The Red Plate Company, and you can get the Red Plate, and you should totally start it in your family because it's one of our favorites. And my mom actually got one for all three of us so we can have it in our homes and continue with that tradition. Absolutely. In fact, that's the word. It's the tradition. And traditions, oh my goodness, don't they? We're talking about traditions through this entire question and answer experience. Speaking of traditions, um, what was one of your favorite bookful moments with me? And you're doing such a great job, mom. But if you can stop moving your paper, because it makes it really loud for my lovely little listeners. I know because I had to have some notes. All right. Um, I will tell you that (laughs) when she asked about what was my favorite moment, it's impossible to say my favorite moment. It's like asking me, what was my favorite daughter? It's impossible. So I have have several favorite items to mention to you. Uh, One of them, again, Courtney already mentioned Rakestraw Bookstore, but that was a special time in Danville, California, this adorable town that we used to live in when she was in elementary school. And we would go there quite often and look at books. And then as she grew older and she got into the how to do a lot of the reading comprehension questions, I'm going to tell you that this was one of my most exciting, proud moments. I would sit with her and we would look at the question and I would teach her how to pull out the fluff and just get right to the meat of the question. Do you remember that, Court? I sure do. Absolutely. And we would go over I mean, we would do practice SAT tests uh, and even the, the science questions. How boring is that? And not just the reading, but the nonfiction. And we would go over them and I would say, OK, look at the question. Throw out all the fluff around it and, and tell me exactly what is the question. And she got better and better and better at that. I'm telling you, she really, really did. When she was in college, another one was when she called me. And I know this is in her story, but I do remember when she called me and said, Mom, everything's going to be okay. I just bought Mr. Thank you, Mr. Fokker. And, you know, and it's as we know, it's about a little girl who sees herself in the story. And Courtney obviously saw herself there, but that it absolutely changed. And she became a reader over time with lots of practice, lots of love. And another bookful moment is when she spoke at the California Reading Conference and she spoke about her love of picture books and how they developed the love of reading. I mean, to me, that's a bookful moment, especially as she has all these books up on the table to share with the um, audience. That's lovely. And even if you have more, I'm going to go on to my next question. Great. But um, what is one thing, one thing. So listeners, I have to just laugh with you for a second. When my mom would need to write us like a note for school, we'd be like, mom, they don't need to know our whole life story. Just (laughs) get to the point. So love you. But let's say one thing that you could tell parents and teachers to support them with helping struggling readers, what would it be? 
Okay. You know, and I laugh at this, Courtney, because, you know, I'm an English teacher. I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas and it's, it's hard to just pinpoint, to be succinct. However, yeah. I would say that you must show that child that you love them no matter what. Let them know that they matter in this world. Let them look back and remember your gentle words of encouragement, because guess what? And I hope I don't cry, but I promise you they will never forget that. Good job, mom. You were succinct. Okay. Now the next three questions are fast answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So they're called confetti, rapid, fetti, rapid confetti questions. I love it. So what is your all-time favorite picture book that gave you a confetti moment? The Night Before Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. What is your favorite genre? Fiction slash historical fiction. And last, what is one teacher that changed your life as a person? Absolutely. You know, we all have those. All right, here goes. I was in middle school and I had a French teacher darling petite little French lady and her name was Miss Eglund. She was so sweet and I loved every day going into her room and listening to her speak French. But one of the reasons that I still remember her was that in middle school I must have had the flu, something that kept me out of school a couple of weeks maybe. During her planning hour she came to my house and brought me up to speed with what the lesson what what it was helped me with the homework and was just such a, a a pleasant experience and i loved her and i think she loved me and of course then i became a french slash english teacher well, there you go well there you have it it was such a pleasure to talk with you today mom it's so fun because i didn't know some of this that you shared with my listeners and i just thank you so much for taking the time to spread confetti moments all around the world and I just thank you for being such a great mom and again like you said loving me and letting me know that it's going to be okay and I did make it and I'm continuing to always make you proud and I love you so much mom and thank you so much for joining confetti moments hope to and, see you again soon you make me proud of Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.